You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Well, good afternoon, man. It's so good to see you guys uh, today. So how about we just pray and just ask God by spirit to help us connect with his word today. Uh, God, thank you for such an amazing day. And Holy Spirit, we just say we want to welcome you uh, to illuminate our minds, to understand your truth and to hear uh, your word and your whispers that come from your holy word as we teach it today. Um, so we're, we're open, our minds are open, our hearts are open to receive from you today. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Uh, well, as you know, we've been in this series called Whispers, and we've defined a whisper as like those gentle, creative, and intimate communications that come from God. And what I want to encourage you in today is that uh, throughout the series, and even today, you're going to hear these stories of uh, whispers that uh, people up here have heard. But I want you to know that whispers aren't just for like some sage on a stage or just from people up here, but it's for you. It's for everyone. It's for every child of God to be able to hear from God his loving words and uh, to connect those things that are in our lives uh, with the words that are coming from God to us about specific situations. And all it takes is just a little bit of fine tuning sometimes to be able to hear those whispers from God. Uh, In fact, what I'm coming to terms with is that God is speaking to me all the time. I'm just not tuned in to hear from him all the time. And if you go to uh, the Bible in Job 33, look at verse 14. It says, God speaks again and again. So it's like he's talking all the time. But look at the next part of the verse. It says, though people do not recognize it. And so the onus is upon us to recognize those words that he's speaking to us, right? The Bible says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The Bible says, you know, that, uh, um, the natural man doesn't understand the things of the Spirit of God. They're like foolishness to him. And so what I want to encourage you with today is that you can become a spiritually minded woman or man who can hear these whispers or words from God in the way that God speaks to us is very lovingly. He's so creative and loving in the way that he talks. Sometimes I'll hear uh, a young man explain to me, you know, before I do his wedding ceremony, how he proposed to his fiancee. And it's amazing how creative guys get when they're in love, isn't it? You know, they'll uh, make things, you know, they draw things, they make little pictures, they'll send flowers, they'll send chocolates and stuff like that. And that's the way God is. He's like exponentially more loving and passionate about us than anything that we can imagine. And throughout this series, you know, we've been making this declaration, hear whispers and have the gusts respond. And so let's make that declaration together, shall we? I'll say the first half and you guys say the second half of the declaration out loud. You ready? Here we go. Hear whispers and Yes, you don't even have to do over. I mean, you were just like spot on the first time. Uh, You guys are ready to not only hear those whispers, but actually to have the guts to step out in faith, to obey God in those things that he tells you to do. Now, throughout this series, we've said that the primary way that God speaks to us today is through the scriptures, through the Bible. But the Bible teaches us that God can talk to us through people, promptings, even our pain. And then we've also seen that God speaks through our desires and then he opens doors and he speaks through dreams as well. We're going to talk about dreams today, but before we do, remember last Sunday, 
we talked about how God has placed a couple of different open doors before us as a faith community. And one of those doors is related to Easter, our four San Antonio drive for the poor. And we asked a local ministry, uh, what do people on the streets need? What do homeless people need right here around our theater? And what Cam, Christian's Assistance Ministry, told us is they need these four things to help out. And we're going to bring these things on Easter. Uh, men's underwear, uh, please not used, guys. Uh, also, like men's uh, jeans, uh, bras. And by the way, on the men's jeans, they need like the smaller sizes that uh, we put on there. We'll have you some handouts next week because I doubt you'll go shopping this week, but you'll probably shop next week for these things. And then also uh, men's shoes. So um, I want to get a feel for how many of you are going to participate in that so that we know uh, how to, uh, what we need to do to prepare to get the stuff over to CAM, Christian Assistance Ministries. So just a raise of hands. And by the way, if you're not raising your hand, not going to participate on this, no guilt on that, right? That We don't do guilt here. We only do grace here. So if you're uh, going to participate in the for, the, uh, for San Antonio Drive for the Homeless, okay, we've got a good bunch of us here. Good. So we're going to have to get plenty of uh, boxes and stuff to get this stuff over there. Thank you guys for that. Now, the second door that we have open for us as a faith community is on Easter to help our friends that don't, know, don't have a relationship with Christ to come here and hear the gospel on Easter. That's why we made you guys these little invitations. And on the little invitation, it has like this, it looks like a Loteria card, you know, it's like El Cameo. Uh, and we'll have shirts that have that on it as well. And it has our service times. Now, for Easter, we're having to do four extra services. So everything comes in fours on the final four weekend which is Easter, you know, the final four basketball tournaments going to be here. We're going to do four extra services. I think we're getting like four extra parking lots that are over this way uh, to, to bring you over here. I think the carts go like four miles an hour uh, to get you uh, back and forth. But hey, look, um, we're going to have the four extra services that are on uh, Friday and Saturday. And I wanted to get a raise of hands to see how many of you are, are thinking about uh, maybe adjusting your schedule. And rather than going to church on Sunday in order to create space for our guests, you're considering coming on uh, uh, Friday or Saturday. Anybody? Good. Good. A bunch of us. That, you're so helpful. You know, um, I typically don't use guilt. It's only grace, right? But I kind of want to on that because we're going to need to make space for people. And you know how sometimes I like to joke with you and say, if you're raising your hand, Jesus might love you just a little bit more. But uh, you come when you can. And, and if we can't, you know, the real motivation in our hearts to adjust our schedules is because we care about people that we want to create space for here. And these invitations are about us praying and saying, hey, Lord, would you whisper to me, would you put someone's name or face on my mind that I'm supposed to invite? And I've got some friends, you know, that live in my neighborhood that I'm going to invite to services. And man, just pray for my friends. Uh, I, I sometimes think that pastor's friends are more ungodly than your friends. Okay, whatever. Uh, but actually, they're cool people, but I just want to see them. I really, really want these friends to know the Lord. I really want this so badly. Um, so I'm just praying for that. But today, we're talking about dreams. And I wanted to tell you a dream that I had some years ago that I believe was a God dream where God was speaking to me through it. But before I tell you the actual dream, I have to give you the context of what was going on in my life at that time. Uh, Jeannie and I were struggling in our marriage. We had been separated and we were back living together, but we were struggling. I was insecure in the marriage 
because I didn't know if she wanted to be with me. She didn't know if I wanted to be with her. And honestly, I didn't know if I wanted to be with her. And I was working for this company and I had to travel from time to time in this job and they sent me out to Florida to work. And so I went with my wife, Jeannie, and our, at that time, one-year-old son uh, out to Florida. And remember, I was very insecure in the marriage and we didn't know for sure if we were gonna stay together. And one night while we were there, I had this dream. And in my dream, I fell off a cliff Now, the interpretation of the falling off the cliff was this, that I had fallen into some some sin in some ways that had damaged my marriage relationship. And I'm going to tell you more about this dream later on in the service. But for now, I need to give you this disclaimer because some of you are very new to church and Christian things. And you're saying, hey, that's kind of weird to believe that there's like spiritual meaning in my dreams. You know, it seems kind of odd to you, I know, but here's what I'm suggesting is that God can speak to us through our dreams. And I understand you may think it's just like the biochemical result of eating a pepperoni pizza or something like that. Um, But I'm suggesting to you today that God can actually talk to us and whisper to us through our dreams. And by the way, scientists tell us that food doesn't have really any effect on our dreams. It just gives us indigestion, wakes us up in the middle of our sleep, uh, and thus we remember our dreams more. Um, So have you ever had a dream that seems spiritual in nature? Or do you have some dream where it troubles you or you can't get it out of your mind or it's even a recurring dream? Well, could it be that God is somehow, some way, trying to speak something to you through the dream. Let's go back to Job 33. Look at verses 14 through 17. It says, for God speaks again and again. He's doing it all the time. Though people do not recognize it, so we have to open our ears to it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, and when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. He whispers in their ears, and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. And so today as we explore dreams, I want to show you five purposes of spiritual dreams. Number one is simply this. Dreams are for preparation. Sometimes God gives you a recurring dream or a spiritual dream to prepare you something that's coming up in your future. And we see this in the Bible with Solomon. He was a young guy when he came, became king. In fact, he was way out of his league. He was in over his head and he didn't know what to do. He's like, what am I going to do now? And so he has this dream in which God starts talking to Solomon and he gives him a request. And it's a kind of a famous request that he makes. He asks for wisdom, but he asks for a very specific wisdom, discernment in order to know how to govern. See? And God used that dream to grant that wish and prepare Solomon to govern. Now, there's another dream of preparation I want to talk about, too. It's Pharaoh. And Pharaoh had this dream. And in his dream, here's what he saw. It was a picture. He saw these seven fat cows. And then he saw seven really skinny, like anorexic supermodel looking cows, you know, on the other side there. And the skinny cows ate the fat cows. And then he saw in his dream, the dream continued and he saw these like fat heads of grain. 
And then he saw these really skinny heads of grain and the skinny heads of grain came over and ate the fat heads of grain. And he was bothered by this dream and he didn't know why, it's just cows and grain. He needed someone to interpret it for him. That's where Joseph enters into the story. Joseph was able to explain to Pharaoh what his dream meant, that there would be seven years of prosperity, in other words, seven years of good crops, and then there would be another seven years of famine. And so with Joseph's help, Pharaoh was able to prepare the land, and they saved up grain in the prosperous years, and that saved hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives during the drought years, see? So the dream that you're having may be preparing you for something in the future. But look at number two, dreams are for correction. And we see that in the Old Testament story of Abimelech. Abimelech is kind of a weird Star Trek, you know, Klingon sounding name, isn't it? You know, it sounds like um, some space movie name, but they name kids weird things in the Old Testament. Just don't, you know, name your kid Abimelech because he's not such a great guy in the Bible. But he was this overlord of an area. And it was a very violent world in those days. And Abraham and Sarah were traveling through Abimelech's territory. And when Abimelech and his men stop Sarah and Abraham and their whole tribe, their whole group, Abraham was really afraid that Abimelech was going to kill them all. And so he had this idea pop into his head. And what he did was he handed over his wife, Sarah, and said, this is my sister. You can have her. (laughs) Um, you know, all of us who have sisters have, you know, thought, hey, you know, uh, I'd save my own hide by getting rid of my sister, you know, but uh, this was his wife. And I know it sounds weird to us, um, but what happened was, is Abimelech took Sarah and before they hooked up or anything, God gave him this dream. And in the dream, and this is going to be the Doug translation of the dream, God's like, this is a married woman. I'm going to jack you up if you hook up with this woman. And so Abimelech is afraid after the dream, and he takes Sarah back to Abraham, gives her back to her husband, and then gives him some supplies and apologizes and lets him pass on. See, the dream, God corrected Abimelech. And then number three, dreams increase discernment. And the reason they increase discernment is that every dream has to be interpreted you have to think through it. They have to be tested. And the reason is, if you go back in the Old Testament uh, book of Deuteronomy, you see these guys that they had dreams and they were false dreams. Now, they would have these dreams and what they would dream about would actually come to fruition and would happen. But they would use that information to get people to follow after false gods that were outside of the Bible. See, and that's not very good. So as we discern our dreams, we need to look at the sources of our dreams because it's not just God that brings whispers, is it? And so here are several sources of, uh, of dreams or even spiritual whispers. Uh, number one is our spirit. We're psychological beings and we can have dreams that are associated with what's going on in our lives at a given time. So it may just be um, our own spirit that brings the dream. It doesn't mean it's bad, but uh, it's not necessarily a message from God. Number two is the Holy Spirit. Those are the dreams that we're looking for. You can see in Acts two seventeen that we looked at last week, in the last days, God declares, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And these are the dreams that we're after. But look at number three, they're evil spirits. And usually what evil spirits are doing in dreams is they're intimidating 
intimidating us, they're tempting us, they're discouraging us, and uh, they're trying to get us to feel a sense of fear and be afraid to move forward in our faith. But number four are angels. The Bible is filled with stories of angels speaking to people in dreams. In fact, we're going to see that in the fourth purpose of a dream. Dreams are for protection. Dreams are for protection. So if you look at Joseph's story in the New Testament of the Bible, um, he, uh, the angel comes into Joseph's dream and tells him, you need to take the baby infant Jesus and Mary, and you need to go to Egypt because Herod was trying to kill all the baby Jewish children in that area. So this dream was for protection. And I was thinking about my own life. Um, I had a dream some years ago. Remember when my marriage was, uh, you know, in bad shape and I was working in this office and there was this friend of mine who was a female in the office. It was totally appropriate friendship and all of that. But one night I had this dream and in my dream, this woman that I was friends with, like she kissed me and this bitter taste came in my mouth and I woke up, I was kind of shaken, you know, from the dream. And like, I still had that bitter taste in my mouth. And the interpretation of the dream was, is that if you allow this friendship to go any deeper, then it could lead to real bitterness in your life. And I thank God that I put significant boundaries in place there to keep that relationship from growing closer because I found out some things that I can't talk about in church about this woman that would have made things bitter uh, in my life, see? So go back to um, Job and we'll see that... Uh, one of the things that he's protecting us from is our own pride. If you go back to Job 33, 14 through 17, remember it says, he speaks in dreams and visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their bed, he whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. And look at this last part. He makes them turn from doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. Now look, I have this temptation towards pride. And it's mainly... Uh, a temptation I would connect with what's called Western uh, naturalism. Western naturalism is kind of the worldview and the mindset that a lot of us grew up with if we grew up in the United States or in Western Europe. And we tend to think um, that something is only true if I can rationalize it out or if I can make it be logical in my own head and in my own mind. And here's where this comes to play in relate relationship to dreams is we think, well, we can rationalize out all of reality and we, we already know everything. Whereas if you go to other parts of the world, like South America, Africa, the Orient, the Middle East, it's common for people to receive spiritual messages through dreams. But in the West, we tend to think we're superior to other parts of the world, don't we? What do you call that? The Bible calls it pride. I think a lot of us would also call it prejudice. Can't people in other parts of the world maybe know some stuff that we don't know? See? So God speaks through dreams to his people all over the world. And I like what pastor and author Bill Johnson said. God speaks to us through dreams so we won't be tempted by pride. He's doing something for us when we did absolutely nothing to earn it. It's grace. See, when God speaks to you in a dream... You weren't like studying real hard to figure out the answer. You're just laying there, crashed. You're doing absolutely nothing. That is, isn't that like our good God to just graciously give us a message through a dream when we're just sleeping and chilling, see? But look at number five, dreams are for confirmation. 
God gave Joseph the confirmation that he was indeed supposed to follow through with his marriage to the Virgin Mary, even though she was pregnant. He gave her a confirmation. And uh, uh, a dream was a part of Jake and Natalie Kreifel's confirmation to actually come here to serve at City Church downtown. And recently we sat down with Natalie to hear about her dream and their story. Go ahead and take a look. So Jake and I started praying for about six months. We were living in Abilene. We had planted a church there and leading worship. And we had just felt, um, both felt individually in our hearts that kind of a stirring and a calling that it was time for us to go. But we didn't know what that meant. So we just committed to praying for six months. And um, at the end of that six months, he had called Noel Laws, who was leading worship at City Church downtown. Um, and he told him, hey, Natalie and I have been praying and we're feeling like we're supposed to move. And I know you're at City Church, so if you guys have an opening, let me know. So Noel let Jake know that there was an opening. And through that, we started praying. And so as the time came closer, I, I think it was like a week or two before, Jake just not was not peaceful in his heart. And he was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we can really leave Abilene. Like, what if it's a if it's a fit and we do have to leave Abilene? And he was just kind of questioning. So we both committed to praying. If you want us to go, would you give us a sign? Would you give us peace? Something. We woke up the next morning and we both asked each other, how do you feel? How do you feel? And I just remembered that I'd had this dream. And so I looked at Jake and I told him, hey, I had a dream. Um, I just remember waking up or in the dream, I remember that we went. I don't remember the people very much or a lot of details, but I remember that we loved it. And I specifically remember that you loved the pastor. And so he said, okay, that's from God. And I was like, don't put that on me. I'm kind of scared to say that. And I just wasn't completely brave or comfortable knowing yet if that truly was a whisper or something that the Lord was giving me. So we went the next week to come to City Church and I just remember walking into rehearsal and I walked, I started walking behind this guy who had the same shoes as Jake, the same hoodie as Jake, the same glasses as Jake, and he even had like the same kind of like hair swinging out, like what's called a calic. And I'm like, Jake, who is this? And he's like, And I just, I, I don't remember if I started crying or I just felt like I needed to cry because it just felt like this was it. This is what the Lord was revealing to me in that dream and that it was from God. And to just have that peace that this is where we're supposed to be without even singing yet, without even meeting everyone, we just knew instantly that that dream had to have been from the Lord and that this was home and that we were here. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes God's a little humorous in the way that he speaks to his people. And, you know, aren't you glad that God gave Natalie this dream to help direct he and Jake here to kind of lead our worship and create a great worship culture here uh, among us? Isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a good thing? Yeah. So, you know, earlier in the teaching time, I was telling you about the dream that I had while I was on the business trip in Florida. I want to tell you the rest of that story. Uh, as you recall, at that time, my marriage was very much on the rocks. I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in the marriage, and Jeannie wasn't either. And I told you that I had the dream where I'd fallen off a cliff, and that represented a, like a spiritual fall that I had. And when I fell at the bottom, I was shaken off the dust, 
and next to me, my wife Jeannie was there. And when I interpreted that dream, it was like God was saying, after the fall, who's going to stay by your side? And it's Jeannie. And I knew from the Lord that she was the one for me. And while we were on that trip, we went down to the beach. And I was taking pictures of Jeannie and our one-year-old son. You know, when you have little kids, you can't help but take millions of pictures of them, right? And I captured a photo that I wanted to show to you because it was in the moment that I took this picture that my heart fell back in love with my wife. See, before I was just sticking with her out of obedience to God. But this was the moment when my heart turned back towards her. And I can't imagine this life without her. And I thank God that he gave me a dream where he confirmed for me that she is the one for me. And it was nine months later after this trip that God gave us another gift. (laughs) Reagan Grace, (laughs) our daughter. God's grace to us, see. God is whispering through dreams. He's giving protections and confirmations of every sort. And did you know that it was even by a dream that our salvation is revealed? When I use the word salvation, what I mean by that, uh, for those of you that are kind of new to church, and that is that salvation is like how you get a relationship with God, how you know that you're going to spend eternity with him in heaven. And there was a dream thousands of years ago that came to Abraham. Abraham uh, had God come to him and God wanted to do what's called a covenant. God wanted to cut covenant with Abraham. Explain cut covenant because uh, in those days, the world was very different. They didn't like sign paper contracts, but you know how they made a, a contract or a deal? They would cut a farm animal in half. I know it sounds barbarous, but they would cut a farm animal in half and the blood would pool in the middle of them and the parties that were gonna sign their name on the dotted line would walk through the blood of those animals as if to say, if I don't keep my word, you can do this to me. And if you don't keep your word, I may do this to you. See, in those days, they were not messing around. If you were making a contract to sell some land or uh, to let your daughter marry some guy's son, it was a big deal. And so can you imagine the fear of Abraham when God comes to him and says, you and I are going to cut covenant. And so Abraham prepares the animals and Abraham prepares to step up and walk through the blood between the two, the animals. And God says, sit down, son. And Abraham went into a dream. And in the dream, he sees a fire pot, which represents the presence of God. And the presence of God went between the two animals. But Abraham never did. And you know what that means? God is saying to Abraham, this covenant, this deal's on me. If you don't fulfill your end, it's on me. If I don't fulfill my end, it's on me. This whole deal is on me. 
And you say, well, how does that relate to us today? I mean, that's just this ancient bloody covenant thing. How is it connected to the new covenant or the new deal that you and I have with God today? Well, I want to show you that in Romans chapter four, verse three, it says, so what does the Bible say? Abraham did what? Believed God. And it was calculated in his favor, putting him in the right or making him righteousness. Now, when someone works, the reward they get is not calculated on the basis of generosity, but on the basis of what they are owed. But if someone doesn't work, but simply what? Believes in the one who declares the ungodly to be in the right, that person's faith is calculated in their favor, putting them in the right. Or in other words, in other translations, making them righteous. So the point for you and I today is simply this. You and I can't, through religious good works, walk between the two pieces of animal to acquire our salvation. We cannot do the works to get there. It's on him And some of you are feeling guilt and shame because you screwed stuff up in your life or you've sinned or you've done something wrong and you got this guilt and shame and you think maybe you lost your salvation. But what you got to understand is that your salvation was never dependent upon you and what you did, but it was on him. That is why when humans failed, Jesus had to go to the cross and his body had to be broken. And his blood had to be spilled so that you and I could have a relationship with God. So with that in mind, let's bow for prayer. And as we bow before the Lord, I have the sense that more than just one of us in a room this size has made some mistakes and felt guilt and shame and is wondering if you're even a Christian. But you did believe in Jesus, and you feel this guilt and shame, and maybe the whisper for you today is, son, daughter, it's all good. I was the one that passed through the blood. It's covered. And whatever sin you committed is not even close to as powerful as the sacrifice of Jesus that was made for you on the cross. So get back up again, and let's start again. You're loved. I loved you even when you fell. My sense is also that maybe someone wants to begin a relationship with God by believing that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. You've never had a relationship with God, and you want one today. I just want you to talk to him and say something like this in your own heart and mind to God. Just say, hey, look, God, um, I'm choosing to believe that Christ's body was broken for me. I believe in you, Jesus. I simply believe that you died on the cross for my sin. And I welcome you into my life. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.